0: We really need to be a lot more accurate when we talk about terrorism. Hi, this is Phil Gursky, President and CEO of Borealis Threat and Risk Consulting in Russell, Ontario, Canada. Listen to Quick Hits, short podcasts about national security. Well, we're up to episode 197 right now of this series, so rapidly approaching number 200. And for today's topic, I want to start with a very well-known quote from William Shakespeare. It comes from Romeo and Juliet, his play about the star-crossed lovers... And it is a rose by any other name would smell as sweet, which has come down into the English language as sort of a saying which means that even if, if you change the way you refer to something, it does not change the innate characteristics or attributes of that particular substance. In other words, if we were to call the rose a benerzel, b- b- it would smell the same thing as if we called it a rose. And there's certainly some truth to that. However, there are certain phenomena in our society, that receive labels, and sometimes those labels get changed, sometimes for good reasons, sometimes for bad, but when they do get changed for the worst, I wonder if it affects our ability to deal with them. Bear with me on this. The the rationale for this podcast came after I read a fascinating piece in the National Post, which is a right-of-center Canadian newspaper. Some people don't like it. There are columnists that I like, and there are those that I don't like in this newspaper, but this one article struck me as very, very interesting and led me to the concept of today's podcast. It is written by Chris Selle. He's a regular columnist with the National Post. It occurred in the July 23rd, 2022 edition, so the Saturday edition, and he's talking about Monkey Box now on I'm sure you've heard monkeypox has been declared uh, a major issue by the United Nations, by the World Health Organization. It is an infectious disease, not as bad as COVID, but it seems to be turning up in a lot of different countries around the world. It is originally an African-born disease. And it looks like um, this disease is causing some kind of a furor among some people in the world. First and foremost, the disease seems to be spread mostly between gay men. And gay men who have sex with each other, or amongst infected men who pass it on through their relationships, and that in and of itself is causing some people to be a little squirmish. a little squeamish, because well, you know, we don't want to sing about gay people because they already have enough problems in life, so we got to you know tread carefully on this. Well, it's not only gay people that apparently are going to be slotted with their having reputations besmirched by an association with monkeypox. And I want to quote at length here from Chris's column. Quote, last month, 29 medical experts signed a letter suggesting that the word monkeypox discriminates against Africans. They seem to think that that's so self-evident, which it's not. Parentheses. It's called monkeypox because it was first identified in monkeys. Monkeys are not inherently African. And Africans are not monkeys. The real complaint seems to be that monkeypox coverage in the Western media often features photos of African patients, which is a fair point. Parentheses. Africa is where monkeypox has historically always been a problem, but that has nothing to do with the name. And the best part, this is, Chris is really good here. And the best part is when you discover what they want to call monkeypox instead. MPX, MPXV-1, MPXV-2 or MPXV-3, depending on the clade. As readers will have surmised, MPXV is short for monkeypox virus. So we're going to change the name from monkeypox virus to, wait for it, monkeypox virus. Now why in heaven's name am I raising this on a podcast that has to do with terrorism? Well, uh, my government, the Canadian government, A few years ago, we saw the wisdom of changing our entire nomenclature, our entire terminology when it comes to how we speak about terrorism in Canadian society. And not just in the public sphere, but within the security services like the Canadian Security Intelligence Service, where I used to work, CSIS, the RCMP, the Royal Canadian Mounted Police, and probably CSC, Communication Security Establishment, where I also worked in signals intelligence. So we can't call things what they are and what we've been calling them for 20, 30 years now. We have to call them these generic, linguistically vacuous terms, and the three they've settled on are IMVE, Ideologically Motivated Violent Extremism, RMVE, Religiously Motivated Violent Extremism, and PMVE, Politically Motivated Violent Extremism. Now, when I worked for the Security Service, we called them what they are, Islamist terrorism, Jewish terrorism right-wing terrorism, far-left terrorism, Sikh terrorism, fill-in-the-blank terrorism, based on the characteristics of the actors who were involved in, the act, in planning acts of terrorism in the first place. But the Trudeau government, which I never, never have worked for, I retired before Trudeau became Prime Minister, has decided in its infinite wisdom that we can't, we can't call it Islamist anymore. And there's a lobby group out there which really thinks that if you use the term Islamist terrorism, you're an Islamophobe and contributing to hatred of Muslims, which is a complete and utter horseshit because the term's been around for 30 or 40 years, to the best of my knowledge, and is supremely accurate. So, so let me walk I mean, I know I've talked about this a lot, but let me walk my, my listeners through this once again. Islamist terrorism has a lot to do with Islam, which is the religion of over a billion people on earth. But no, Islamist terrorism is not representative of all forms of Islam. As it turns out, and I'm not a Muslim myself, but I've studied Islam for more than 30 years now, a lot of Islamist terrorism, also called jihadi terrorism, is imbued with many important Islamic texts, Islamist history, Islamic ways of thinking, Islamic personalities, Islamic customs, etc., etc. But, in my opinion, and the opinion of many others, including many scholars, it in fact is an aberrant interpretation of Islam. It's non-normative. It's not mainstream. But I've heard the argument over the years that, you know, Islamist terrorism has nothing to do with Islam. To which I counter very simply, so the Quranic verses they're quoting when they yell Allahu Akbar and they kill people aren't from the same Quran that you read. And the hadith, the sayings of the Prophet Muhammad, are not the same hadith that you read when you talk about your prophet and his recommendations for how we live our lives in the 21st century. That's a different Islam. That, that doesn't belong to, to your faith. What in actual fact, it does. Now, look, at, I get it. There are people who are Islamophobic, which I don't understand, who do think that Islam is somehow inherently a terrorist religion, which it inherently is not. But to say that Islam plays no part in the ideology, in the formation, in the radicalization, in the motivation, in the very makeup of these guys that are killing in Asia, in Africa, in parts of the West, globally, responsible for 99 plus percent of terrorist attacks on the planet as of late July of 2022, to say it has nothing to do with Islam, is 100% false. And pretending it doesn't, doesn't get us anywhere. And see, and that's what worries me. If you can't label something properly, correctly, as accurately as possible, does that affect how you look at it? Does that affect how CSIS and the RCMP investigate? Does it affect how scholars treat the matter? What do we gain by calling it the term you can use RMVE, the so-called religiously motivated violent extremism? Well, there's there's two problems with that term. Uh, First and foremost, not all religions, aberrant interpretations thereof, are equally rampant in, in modern terrorism. Yes, there is a problem with Hindu extremism in India of late under Narendra Modi and the BJP party and the RSS, which is this violent Hindu nationalist organization. We see Jewish extremism in the West Bank by settlers who think that God gave them all this territory and the Palestinians don't belong there. And yes, we have seen Christian extremism and even Buddhist extremism. I wrote a whole book on religious extremism when religion kills back in 2019. But Islamist terrorism is the dominant form of religious terrorism on the planet. Now, so why do you simply call it that? What do you gain by calling it religiously motivated violent extremism? Well, when you call it that, you are essentially saying that any religion can be used for violence. And while that's true in theory, I would challenge you to show me an incident where a Mennonite driving a horse and buggy has carried out an act of terrorism in the past 50 years, or a Shinto Buddhist, or a moderate Jewish... Or a Roman Catholic. And this goes on and on and on. The second problem of the term, of course, is that not only is it, is it inaccurate, it forces you into, into areas where you have to start making decisions that are impossible to make. So let's take Islamic State or Al-Qaeda, for example. Under current Canadian nomenclature, they would be labeled RMVE groups, religiously motivated violent extremist groups. But it's not just religion that makes them who they are. They are equally imbued with ideology. And you would argue they're equally politically motivated. So the three terms that the Canadian government uses, IMVE, PMVE, and RMVE, ideological, political, and religiously motivated, apply to the same group. So which one would you use? Is ISIS RMVE? Is it PMVE? Is it I- it's all three. As is Al-Qaeda, as is Al-Shabaab, as is Boko Haram, as is fill in the blank Islamist extremist group. Bottom line, listeners, is that I'm getting a little tired of these notions by people who think that everything's an insult and that we have to dumb down language in order not to give the merest whiff that we are somehow denigrating somebody or putting somebody in an awkward position. Yes, racism is real. Yes, blank phobia is real. We have to deal with those as societies, and I hope we are dealing with them. But you don't deal with them by butchering the language. And the linguist in me, i.e. the person that taught linguistics for 15 years at Carl University and did two years towards a doctorate, in linguistics in the early 90s, yes, not finished. So I'm not a doctor, really rankles when I get people manipulating language like this. Now, yes, language has been manipulated since the first caveman, or can I use that term anymore, or is that racist, uh, uttered the first phrase a million years ago, but we need to be accurate. Our profession demands that of us. And if we're going to better understand the phenomenon of Islamist terrorism, we got to call it Islamist terrorism. Let's not call it some other kind of rose. Anyhow, that's what I think. Love to hear your feedback. You can reach me on email, borealisrisk at gmail.com or on Twitter at borealisaves. You can also find me on LinkedIn and on Facebook. If you like the content want to get more, go to the website borealisthreatenrisk.com. Hit the subscribe button. You'll get a free daily digest of all the podcasts like these as, long as, as well as the longer Canadian Intelligence 8, which are conversations with people in the field and the blogs as well. You'll also find a link there to my latest book, The Peaceable Kingdom, A History of Terrorism in Canada from Confederation to the Present, just pass the 700th copy that I've sold. It's self-published. Although you can also get an ebook if you're into that, which I'm not. But you go to the website and you can show how to, you can see how to order it from me, signed copy, of course. Love to hear your feedback as well as ideas for future podcasts. We'll talk again soon. Until then, stay safe.